Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. It's important to establish that culture of winning, the importance of winning, and doing things the right way. So for us, it's just to keep building upon that. Throws to the end zone. It is caught for the Miami touchdown. It's Parker. All day long with Devontae Parker. Picked off. Going to the end zone is Eric Rowe for the touchdown. Blake fake. Throws it. There he is. Rockets. And it's a big man touchdown in Miami. What is up, Dolphins fans? Welcome into another episode of Fin It to Win It, brought to you, as always, by the Blue Wire Podcast Network and Bet Online. You can follow the show on social media. We're at Fin It to Win It. My name's Riley Bradshaw, alongside Mason Englehart. Mason, we have a fun show, fun episode for everybody today. We're going to talk to Ben Lindsay. Ben is a senior writer for Pro Football Focus. We're going to chat with Ben about some of his recent articles that feature the Miami Dolphins in areas that the team has improved the most, whether it's through free agency or the draft. So we're going to get to Ben here in a few minutes. But first, I want to chat and really dive into some cool stuff that we discussed with fans on social media today. Yeah, Riley, at Fin It to Win It on Facebook and Twitter, we proposed an interesting question and got some good variety of answers with it. The question in the post we put up was, which Dolphins position group will be the most improved in 2020. Now, like I mentioned, we had some good variety with it. We saw a lot of different answers from O-line, D-line, running back. It was interesting to see the variety of all the responses from our fans. There's a lot of areas, obviously, where the Dolphins made improvements, but here are some of the responses we got from fans. So on Twitter, Jordan McGeever, there's only one answer here, Mason, and that's going from the bottom five to the top five in one offseason, he says, in the secondary. So he thinks the secondary with Byron Jones, Noah Ingbenagane, he thinks those are the biggest additions to this team that are really going to propel the secondary to the top five. Justin Holcomb on Twitter says, the whole front seven in general, secondary will be greatly improved, but the front seven can be very solid. He's talking about you know bringing in those edge rushers, Shaq Lawson, Curtis Weaver, Emmanuel Ogba on Facebook. Mike Reddy said the O-line, which is long overdue, and it'll make other offensive groups better. Jason LeMay says the linebackers are defensive line. And then let's sneak one more in here. Robert Conigan says the running backs, they're all experienced veterans, but it all depends, he says, on the offensive line and how they improve the running game. So we got a variety of answers here, Mason. I'm interested to see what your most improved unit for the Miami Dolphins is this year. Ooh, shoo. I'll tell you what, Riley, this was a difficult decision. I think there's a lot of things the Dolphins did in the offseason from the draft to free agency to really improve a lot of positions where, let's be honest, there was a lot of rankings to the last in the NFL and a lot of things. So for some of these, there's only one way they can go, and that's up. I'm going to agree with our last post you read from, I believe his name was Robert, where he mentioned the running back position. Listen. When your quarterback, and our quarterback is not Lamar Jackson, but when your quarterback of Ryan Fitzpatrick is your leading rusher with only 243 yards, I believe, that is a position you really need to address. Now, 
We've talked in previous episodes about how I wanted maybe a little bit more added to that running back depth chart. But the fact that they got two different style running backs who are proven in Jordan Howard and Matt Breida, I'm satisfied with that. They're like thunder and lightning. So when I look at that position right there and we look at a little bit more depth, Balazs, even though he had a dismal year last year, once again, there's only way, only one way he can go, and that's up. Try to get that yards per carry up above what it was. But I like what the Dolphins did in the running back position. And I think overall, though, to answer this question, it's going to be the most improved position because we're actually going to get to see someone who can rush for over 250 yards in an entire season. <laughs> Honestly, Mason, I'm shocked right now. I did not think you were going to say the running backs, considering this entire time since we started the show – all you've talked about is how underwhelmed you are with the moves that we've made at running back. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I am underwhelmed in a sense. They should have added more in the draft or free agency. But Which I don't agree with, by the way. I don't agree with that. I love the moves that we made, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah it's, I mean, it, it's tough. It's a tough spot. When we do our running backs preview, we'll talk more about this. But this is one thing I think we're going to disagree on. Overall, I'm happy with the moves. I wanted more depth. But if you just look at what they did at that position last year and how rough it was and how poorly they were at running the football, I feel like this is going to be one of the most improved, if not the most improved area on this team. But I do agree with what Robert said. It is going to come down to the O-line because Jordan Howard and Matt Breida, as talented as they can be if they stay healthy, if this offensive line is really fluctuating and they can't find the right starters or there's injuries – it's going to be another rough spot, but with all that being said, that's my choice because of how they performed last year on the field. They have to improve. They have to, Riley. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it a little bit there, but you know, the offensive line was, according to Pro Football Focus, the worst offensive line in the league, and it really wasn't even close. So obviously that correlates into a terrible running game. The Dolphins were last in the league in yards per carry, only 3.3 yards per carry last season. And they only averaged 72 rushing yards per game, also last in the league. I mean, when your quarterback, your 37-year-old quarterback, yes. is your leading Ooh. rusher for the season, that's not a good sign. And honestly, I know that you're a little disappointed that the team didn't address the running back position in the draft by drafting a running back. But in my opinion, they made up for that tenfold by trading for Matt Breida for a fifth round draft pick, because I think along with Jordan Howard, and you mentioned, I like what you said, the thunder and lightning aspect of it, because Matt Breida brings something that the Dolphins have been missing for a long time out of the backfield. Kenyon Drake had his moments where he was explosive, but Matt Breida is another level of explosion. Last year, he was the fastest running back in the league. He was clocked Mason versus the Browns on a touchdown run last year at 22.3 miles per hour. He runs a 43840. Mason, he had 18 runs of 10 yards or more, and that's with limited playing time last year. I mean, the reason that he lost carries is because it was a crowded backfield in San Francisco when you look at Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman later last season. He didn't even play in the last four or five games, barely. I think he had a total of like 15 carries, 16 carries in those last few games. In 2018, he had 27, 27 rushes of over 10 yards or more. So I think that him, along with Jordan Howard, who they bring in through free agency, I think Jordan Howard, Mason, does not get enough respect. In his first four years in the league, I mean, he's ran for 1,000 yards twice. So I think those are vast improvements based on what the team had in 2019. 
So you're agreeing with me. So you're going to say running back is going to be the the spot where we see the most improve, improvement? Yeah, I mean, Jordan Howard, Mason, since entering the league in 2016, he's he has the third most rushing yards since entering the league, almost 4,000 yards, seventh most rushing touchdowns, 30, and he's one of five players to rush for at least six touchdowns in the past four seasons. And they got him for a two-year, $10 million contract. I think that's a hell of a deal. It is, it is. And I agree with you on that, Riley. And what's also most impressive about some of those stats you've mentioned is he missed almost half of the season last year, and he's still top three in rushing yards since he's entered the league. He missed seven games last year. He has been banged up. He's had a lot of usage um, since he's gotten into the league, a ton of carries. So that is a concern. But I think if you get 100% healthy Jordan Howard to go along with Matt Breida, I think that's a vast improvement for this backfield. And I think it's going to take a lot of pressure, especially off a young rookie quarterback whenever Tua does come in. But I think it all does come back to the offensive line and how they're able to build that chemistry and cohesion together. Because if the offensive line is in shambles, I don't think it matters who your running back is. Now you're right, Riley. And you mentioned it's been a long time since we've had like a Matt Breida in the backfield. I probably would say it's been about eight years or so when we had Reggie Bush in the backfield. And if you remember, Reggie Bush wasn't really known as a workhorse back. He got a thousand yards in Miami. He didn't, he didn't get that anywhere else. So hopefully Matt Breida can play a, a nice role to go along with Jordan Howard. We're going to talk more about the running backs and our running back breakdown coming up in the next week or so. I know we kind of differ on how the, how excited we are for that backfield, but I'm glad we at least agree how this backfield can be a vast improvement on what they had last year Just got to keep our fingers crossed the offensive line can come together. Absolutely. I don't think, Mason, there's really a wrong answer here. There's a lot of directions. Obviously, we saw it from the fans' responses that you could go here. I mean, you could pick quarterback, right? Picking Tua with the fifth overall pick, that's quite an upgrade. We just talked about the running back, the offensive line. And then the defensive front seven and the secondary, there are vast improvements as well. So there's a lot of lot of answers here, and I'm not going to give you crap for any one of them. So we're going to talk with Ben here in a second. But first, let's get to a quick read from Bet Online. Mason, there's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. NASCAR is finally back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get you in on. Riley, there's a ton of things that you could bet on Bet Online. There's still the simulated NFL, the Madden NFL, NBA, UFC events 24 7, or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden bracket challenge. We mentioned this last episode a March Madness style NFL simulation tournament that you can enter for free. I mean, you, you can't beat that. I think last time you thought it was maybe like $5 or so. No way. It's free. So what are you waiting for? Get on Bet Online, enter that $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge for free. And coming up on Sunday, this is pretty exciting. Bet Online has ex Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges joining them to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary that I'm sure everybody's been watching. I know it just wrapped up on what they're calling the final dance. So visit betonline.ag and use the promo code BLUEWIRE. That's the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. All right, we're excited to be joined now by senior writer for Pro Football Focus, Ben Lindsay. You can follow him on Twitter 
at PFF underscore Lindsay. That's L-I-N-S-E-Y. Ben, thanks for joining us here on Fin It to Win It. They're keeping you busy over there at PFF, aren't they, Ben? You're pumping out articles left and right, and a ton of them are featuring our beloved Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I've been I've been pumping them out recently. <laughs> a lot, a lot of long days. Now, Ben, here on Fin It to Win It, we use PFF rankings a lot when we're breaking down players we're looking at their matchups and their overall production before your time at pro football focus were you always an analytics guy with statistics so i actually uh i went to university of pittsburgh uh, and did engineering so i was sort of had that statistics background and i knew this huge sports fan growing up i knew there was a couple people who had gone from industrial engineering which is what my major was to work in like analytics departments. Um, there was a guy who went and worked for the Padres. So I knew it was a possibility. Uh, and then I picked up a part-time job while I was there with Pro Football Focus. And that just kind of ballooned into a full-time position. All right. So let's go ahead and dive into the Dolphins here. They made several additions on the defensive side of the ball through free agency in the draft this offseason, particularly in the front seven, so much that they came in number one as your most improved pass rushing unit this offseason. Now, the only direction the Dolphins could go is up because according to you guys at PFF, the Miami pass rush was ranked dead last in the NFL in 2019, only 23 total team sacks. Nevertheless, can you talk about some of the players Miami brought in that stand out to you and how you think this unit can improve this season? Yeah, I think uh, there was definitely a lot of room to improve there, particularly in the pass rush. Uh, the biggest move for me was the Kyle Van Noy signing. Uh, it, last year was his first year playing edge, primarily for the Patriots. He was more a linebacker-edge hybrid before that. Right. And a lot of times when you see someone go from New England to somewhere else, uh, you see their production go down uh, just based on their usage, how they used, um, how they perform. But I think there's a good chance that that's lessened with Brian Flores there in Miami. And Van Noy definitely had a career year last year, pass rushing grade up over 80, um, career high in pressures. So I think him and uh, Lawson, Shaq Lawson, who also had a career year uh, with the Buffalo Bills, those two will sort of help their edge pressure. There's still not a whole lot in on the interior unless Christian Wilkins really steps up. Um, but I think those two guys help on the edge. It's funny you mentioned Christian Wilkins because I was going to follow up with, you know, he was their first round pick a year ago, had an up and down, very inconsistent rookie year. But, you know, like you mentioned, they had literally zero pass rush. Um, yeah. So it was kind of <laughs> he was kind of left all by himself out there with these additions. Do you see guys like Christian Wilkins, Devon Godshaw being able to boost and elevate their game as well now that they have um, a respectable pass rush? Yeah, I think for sure. Whenever you have more guys uh, drawing attention uh, from the offensive line, it opens things up for everyone else. And Wilkins is someone who played well at Clemson, graded really well, particularly in his senior season. Um, I think his grade got up over 90. So you would expect him to take a step forward, particularly because when you look at guys on the offensive line, the defensive line, it takes time for them to adjust to the NFL. There's not that many players who come in and are dominant right away, like someone like Nick Bosa was uh, last season, but that's the exception uh, rather than the norm. Yeah, so let's go ahead and talk about the offensive line now. You kind of alluded to it there. We could see potentially, Ben, 
four to five new starters on the Miami Dolphins offensive line. They ranked dead last, according to you guys, pro football focus last year with their overall rating. What additions through free agency and the draft uh, did they bring in in the offensive line that gives you a little hope that they can improve this season? Obviously, with four or five new starters, it's going to take a while to build that chemistry on the line. Yeah, I think the two guys that you can probably feel the most comfortable about is oddly enough, Eric Flowers, as much of a butt of a joke he was early in his career. Uh, last year in Washington at guard, it was his first year at guard, he actually played pretty well with sort of a middle-of-the-pack left guard. And the same with Karras in his first year. His first year at center with the Patriots, he was a middle-of-the-pack center. Uh, so just getting even getting average players at those positions is a step up from where they were last season. And then with Austin Jackson and potentially Robert Hunt playing, whether he plays at right guard or right tackle, uh, I think those two, it's probably – it might be rough early on as they adjust. Um, but I think the Dolphins have to throw them in there and sort of ride it out and hope that they can give average play as well. So, yeah, Ben, speaking of the Dolphins maybe having a rough start to the year with their offensive line, even though they added that more depth, let's talk about the most exciting prospect for the Dolphins right now. Talking about Tua, their first-round pick, fifth overall in the draft. Everybody has a different opinion. When is it time to put Tua in feed him to the wolves or put him on the field for the dolphins. What's your opinion on what the dolphins should do with Tua next season? Yeah, I think as much as they might want to throw him in there and get that excitement, I think the smart thing is probably uh, to put him on the bench to start just given there's a lot of unknowns on that offensive line. They don't know how it's going to play and you don't want to put a guy coming off a major injury behind a shaky offensive line at the beginning of his career We've seen that sort of tank some quarterbacks early on. A guy like Josh Rosen, uh, who is on the Dolphins roster, uh, that's sort of what happened to him in Arizona and then again in Miami uh, last year. So I think just sort of having him come along slowly and building up that offensive line is probably the smart move. Yeah, because you mentioned in your answer before drafting Austin Jackson and Robert Hunt we could potentially see in that offensive line not only four or five new starters, but two rookies at each tackle position. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, throwing Tua in there with two rookie tackles could be a could be a recipe for disaster, especially early on. Yeah, for sure. Um, even like tack, uh, tackles that you see, like Andre Dillard uh, coming out of Washington State last year, someone we thought very highly of in pass protection. He came in and struggled for the Eagles. Um, so there's just an adjustment, even for guys who are known as good pass protectors. And I think Jackson, uh, there's still some more development to be done. Yeah, and you mentioned Eric Flowers. I mean, it's going to help bringing him in. I know you said he was a butt of a joke when he came out as a tackle and performed you know, miserably, but he actually was a respectable guard last year. Let's see if he can capitalize on that this year. But bringing guys like him and Karras hopefully will help elevate Austin Jackson and Robert Hunt because the offensive line out of every – every unit on the field, offense or defense, it's the offensive line that really needs the most chemistry and cohesion. So yeah, like you mentioned, it's probably going to take some time with this offensive line. It's a work in progress, but you know, they have to throw those guys out there. They got to get them the reps, especially guys, Austin Jackson, Robert Hunt, both um, very talented prospects, Ben, but both are very raw in terms of their technique and their um, overall, um, their overall talent. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Robert Hunt is someone that our lead draft analyst, Mike Renner, put him as a, a prime tackle-to-guard convert um, just because his power might play a little bit better there. So especially if they put him out at tackle, 
uh, it would take some time for him to develop technically. Yeah. So let's go ahead and move on. So earlier today, Ben, I asked on our social media channels at Finna to win it on Facebook and Twitter. I asked the fans what their most improved position group for the Miami Dolphins was this year. I mean, we talked about just now the offensive line, the defensive line, but they made a lot of moves in the secondary, um, obviously bringing in Tua at quarterback, the running backs. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick was their leading rusher last year for crying out loud. So they bring in, they bring in uh, Jordan Howard. They trade at the draft for uh, Matt Breida. So in your opinion, when you kind of look at all of these groups, I'm curious to see who you think the overall most improved position group is for the Miami Dolphins is it the defensive line or offensive line or are you going to look somewhere else here uh I so I think quarterback um is the is the easy answer considering right. uh Tua but I I actually like the players they brought in in the secondary probably the most Byron Jones is someone who has been a top 10 cornerback the last two years by a lot of our metrics uh, I know he's moving from Dallas runs a lot of cover three more zone to a lot of man in Miami but I still think he has the ability to be that number one guy. And then with Xavier Howard and bringing in uh, Igbenogany, who also has a lot of match and mirror ability, athleticism, uh, to stick with receivers downfield and man coverage, I think that's a really solid group uh, at cornerback. And Ben, Riley mentioned Fitzpatrick being the leading rusher for the Dolphins last year. How do you feel about the adjustments to the depth chart they made, especially making the move draft day, getting Brita? Yeah, I think uh, Howard and Breida is a nice little um, power-speed combination. Running the ball, Breida is someone who's had a lot of success uh, the last couple years in San Francisco uh, in that Kyle Shanahan scheme. And then Howard's been one of the most effective runners after contact, um, breaking tackles in the NFL over the last couple years. Neither of those guys has done a whole lot as receivers, um, which is the only thing for me. But I think running the football, that's a, that's a nice combination. So, Ben, you published an article earlier this week where you were discussing uh, intriguing position battles coming up in training camp later this summer for each NFL team. Uh, your pick for the Dolphins was interesting. You chose to focus on the offensive line at right tackle between a veteran and Jesse Davis and a second-round pick in Robert Hunt. Can you give us a little bit of insight as to why you felt that that battle stood out to you, and how do you see that playing out between those two guys? Yeah, I just I thought it was interesting because, like I said, um, our thought process throughout the pre-draft process was that Hunt was going to come into the NFL and play guard. Um, but if you look at what the Dolphins have, they might want to throw him at tackle um, because there's not really – Jesse Davis isn't exactly um, untouchable at that right tackle spot. So I think it's just interesting to see if Hunt is able to beat him out or if they decide to kick him into guard. Uh, and let Davis keep his starting job there. So we're joined right now by Ben Lindsay. He's a senior writer for Pro Football Focus. All right, Ben, you put out an article today. I really appreciate you joining us, but I got to give you a little bit of crap here, my man. So you put out an article today where you ranked every wide receiving core in the National Football League. And what the hell's going on, my man? You ranked the Dolphins 29th overall in the NFL and wide receiver cores. And that's not what made me upset. What made me upset is at number 28, you had the damn Jets in there. <laughs> you knew you were coming on with us today. I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry. I, I had to do it, though. I had to do it. I The Dolphins, there's a lot of unknowns uh, with their receiving yeah. core. So Devontae Parker was largely a disappointment for a lot of his career, uh, beginning of his career. And he started to come on and was one of the best wide receivers the last couple weeks of the season. But 
the question is, does he maintain that? Is he a true number one wide receiver next season? I would tend to think he is. Um, probably not as good as he was the last couple weeks, but still in that number one range. And then behind him, there's guys like Preston Williams, uh, who played well early in the season before he went down with injury. But, again, that's an unknown. It's a small sample. Uh, Albert Wilson, Alan Hearns. Um, it's, just, uh, it's just a lot of guys who we don't really know what they're going to be, and there's, it doesn't seem like there's a good chance that they're going to be great outside of Parker. No, totally justified, Ben. And we actually, in our last episode, we broke down the wide receiver group and a lot of those things that you kind of mentioned we discuss. We we think there's a lot of potential in this group. Preston Williams was coming on strong um, as an undrafted rookie. Albert Wilson, when he's 100%, he's a playmaker, especially in the middle of the field. But there's so many question marks of consistency and durability is the number one thing. So, you know, can Devontae Parker become that true number one and stay that true number one? And then can those other guys stay healthy 100% and continue, you know, to progress in this offense? So just giving you a little bit of crap, but they're totally justified. So you'll get a pass here. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. So Ben, last season was a roller coaster ride for the Miami Dolphins. They started off 0-7, but as the year went on, they continued to fight and became much more competitive under head coach Brian Flores. This is year two of the rebuild process. We've talked about their offseason acquisitions here today. So how far away do you think this team actually is from competing and becoming a perennial playoff contender? Yeah, I mean, given the state of the AFC East right now, um, prob- I'd probably say 2021. I don't think it's going to happen this year. Um, probably the Bills are have a pretty strong roster. Um, and even if the Patriots are don't have Jared Stidham at quarterback and no one really knows what's going on. Um, they still have a good defense. They're still the Patriots, but I think with Tua at quarterback, if they keep improving that offense around them and Tua steps in in 2021, uh, they have a chance. I th- what impressed me last season was the roster was bad. Uh, and Brian Flores scraped together a couple wins with that team, which is impressive. Um, so if you can keep building on that with more talent as they go, I think in a couple of years they could be competing. And Ben, before we get you out of here, just real quick, were you a fan of the Dolphins taking two in the first round? I know it was a little bit of a controversial pick with his injury history. Some thought they should go with Herbert at that spot or even move down to get another quarterback later in the draft. Were you a big fan of Tua for the Dolphins? Yeah, Tua to the Dolphins at five was why well, I thought one of the best picks of the draft, especially that since they didn't have to trade up to get him. Um, they sort of called those bluffs and uh, trade rumors and stuff. And Tua is someone who, if he didn't get hurt, it would be a lot bigger converse, conversation between him and Burrow um, sort of at the top of the class. Sure. Someone who had 90-plus grades from us in the SEC the last two years. That's not something quarterbacks do in the SEC all that often. He's accurate uh, to all levels of the field. I think he is a franchise quarterback, and he's who I would have gone with at five for sure, um, particularly over Herbert. Yeah, I know Mason and I were sweating bullets, no matter who they picked. Just all of the smoke screens that were being put up. If it was coming from the Dolphins organization, masterful job yeah. in terms of keeping the scent off of what they were actually doing. But it kind of seems all along, Ben, that they were kind of gearing up for this Tua move, bringing in Chan Gailey, runs a lot of the RPO concepts. Um, I think what we're going to see if Tua gets in the game is a lot kind of what you see at Alabama in terms of the run-pass option. So 
it kind of seemed like we didn't know what was going to actually happen. But if you read between the lines with the hiring of Chan Gailey and just, you know, the Dolphins being linked to Tua for so long, it just, you know, the tank for Tua, everybody knows all about it. It just felt like it was kind of destiny. Yeah, and if they if that is what they're doing, they're sort of tailoring their offense to them. Uh, the Dolphins fans should feel even better about that because uh, that's what teams should be doing for these quarterbacks coming out. It's what the Ravens have done with Lamar Jackson, and it's a big reason for their success last year. So you can follow Ben on Twitter at PFF underscore Lindsay. He's a senior writer for Pro Football Focus. Read his work, even the ones where he ranks the Dolphins 29th wide receiver core in the league. He gives the Dolphins a lot of love in his other articles. So thanks so much, Ben. We really appreciate you joining us here on Finit to Win It. We hope to chat with you uh, down the road as we get closer to the season. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right. Thanks again to Ben Lindsay, Pro Football Focus. You can follow him on Twitter at PFF underscore Lindsay. Mason, I want to get into a couple of things that Ben mentioned in the interview, but first, A quick word from our sponsor at Blue Chew. Guys, are you looking to last longer? Go a few extra rounds? Get to BlueChew.com today. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that makes your performance in the bedroom. It takes it to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can even take them day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't have to go to the doctor's office or spend time in the waiting line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Listen up. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use the promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping. That's it. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. Mason, I'm really glad you snuck in that last question at the end about Tua because he gave a great answer and an insightful answer that he thought personally Tua was one of the best overall picks in the entire draft. Yeah, it got me excited. Anytime someone gives Tua love, it just gets us thinking about the future, thinking about what Tua can do for this organization. So obviously I'm glad Ben agreed with that. One thing that stood out for me, Riley, and I liked it how you gave him a little bit of crap, for the ranking of the Dolphins wide receiver. I just had to. I know to, you did. Yeah. I think, well, I think it bothered you more that the Jets were in front of us. And you know what? I'm glad you mentioned it. I'm glad you spoke for both of us because, of course, anytime the Jets are are mentioned before the Dolphins and anything, we're going to have to stick up for, for our beloved Finns. But um, we just covered the Dolphins wide receivers in our last episode. So yep. it's it's interesting kind of where he has them ranked at. And I liked how we did did discuss the different wide receivers, how there are a lot of unknowns. There are some durability issues. So I think the ranking is justified, but obviously it's a ranking that can go up a lot this year. It's an improved roster if they can just stay healthy. Exactly. I think, you know, a lot of his his logic behind why he ranked them where he ranked them coincides with what we were talking about in our wide receiver breakdown. You know, I don't think I'd have him as the 29th ranked team. I'd probably have him a little bit higher. But this wide receiver group, while very talented, has a lot to prove. And we talked about it in our breakdown, the three words that kind of was my theme for the entire episode of potential consistency and durability. So those last two things are key if this wide receiver group wants to take that next step. But, you know, I give Ben a hard time, but we're going to give him a pass here because he did have us in a lot of top lists for most improved position groups. So 
Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. We want to know what you think, Dolphins fans. Who is your most improved position group for the Miami Dolphins going into this year? We're at Finit to Win It. You can check us out on any major podcast platform. We really appreciate you to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. And, of course, check us out at BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. For Mason Englehart, I'm Riley Bradshaw. We'll see you next time. Fins up, Dolphins fans.